everybody and welcome to the vulnerable entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester Massachusetts I'm Sean Riley and I'm common Thrath. and today like always we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life welcome back everyone today on the show we're excited to welcome Dave Seymour Dave Seymour has become one of the most recognizable experts in his field as both a residential and commercial real estate investor and is the proud CEO of freedom venture investments his unabridged passion for business and real estate put him on the radar of the A&E television network, as well as multiple news organizations, including CBS, ABC, CNBC, Fox News, and CNN. New York Times reported that Dave's series, Flipping Boston, posted the highest ratings ever for the A&E network at the time of airing. Since the show, Dave has been sought after as a tell-it-like-it-is mentor and motivator in the real estate world with a track record of unmatched success everywhere he reaches. We're excited to hear all of his vulnerabilities. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Well, I, I got to change that intro. It's like every time I hear that, I think to myself, who's that guy? He sounds awesome. <laughs> I got to listen to him. So there's your first vulnerability right there. Leave your ego at the door, okay? Ego stands for ease got out, E-G-O. Just live in this planet. Anyway, fellas, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to have this conversation with you two for sure. I was going to say, Dave, I don't think you left out a network. My God, man, that list reads like Tiger Woods' championship wins for crying out loud. Listen, you know what's funny? And I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit. One day, I'm sitting, I was a firefighter, as you know, for 16 years, just north of Boston in Lynn, Mass. So I'm sitting in the firehouse. Check this out for, for like an imagery, right? Sitting in a firehouse. BSing with the rest of the guys in the firehouse, working construction on my days off, watching these reality TV shows, watching these perceived. If, if we do the video as well as the audio, you'll see my parentheses, <laughs> my little two finger thing they do there. But it's like, you know, the perception of an expert. And then next thing you know, I'm supposed to be the expert in a flash. I'm sitting there on, you know, squawk box with Joe Kiernan and Becky Quick. And I'm like, I'm looking around, wait for somebody to grab the hook and pull me off stage. But you know what it did was, is it showed me that not everything is as it is perceived to be, right? Right, exactly. That, that's a vulnerability in and of itself. Stepping into something, leaning into it and beginning to morph because everybody goes through changes. But anyway, you can already see I'm off and running. You haven't even asked me a question. <laughs> well, you know, that fits great into what we want to talk about with you, Dave, because, you know, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs ourselves, and we always talk about there's a lot of pressure to be mm. successful, whatever your de definition of success is. Mm. And there's also perception around you in your environment. And what we want to talk to you about today is how does environment have an impact on you? And I don't just mean, okay, today I have a new laptop, so my environment is great. You know, it's, or I have a new poster on the wall, way I'm happy. Yeah. It could be an emotional environment where you're in a room full of people that are stressed out or your family's stressed out about something, or you have a relationship that's mm. stressful. And, and mm. how do you as an entrepreneur or as a man, person, like you said, lean into that and continue going forward? I'll give you a great yeah, example. True. You talked about being a firefighter. Building is a blaze. You're the one going in while somebody like me is screaming, crying, running out, grabbing right. pictures and scrapbooks and all that. Yeah. So what gives you that 
distancing maybe, or how do you deal with that environment? Yeah, that's like a multifaceted you know, question. <laughs> that's what I'm known like, for. <laughs> yeah. So let me unpack that a little bit, because that really is a great question, right? One of the things I learned in a lot of sales environments, and I'll use that as an environment to kind of begin to unpack that a little bit. You know, one of the things to bring a potential client along with me is to use what they call a Dickensian method, right? And Dickens was famous for writing in past and future tense. And a lot of like that environmental piece and how I am comfortable or uncomfortable in any specific moment is purely based on two things. My learned habits, behaviors, and input from the past, my upbringing, my teachers, my parents, et cetera, et cetera. And then who do I want to be? How do I see myself in one year, three year, five years? Like we all know around the goals, goal setting and how important that is. So when you talk about environment, you know, I cannot be the same man that my father was. And this is not a, you know, a diss to my dad. I love my father, but right. my father was a blue collar working class Tyler from the East end of London, mate. You know what I mean? And on Sunday, you go down a rubber dub dub, you get as many beers down here as you can. You go home, you eat your roast beef dinner. You take a little rockabies and a little nap in the afternoon. You get up, you go to work again Monday morning and you do the best you can with what God gave you. Right. That was my London cultural upbringing. That sure, was an yeah. environment. But then I come to America and America is a different environment. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of implementing. And to be very honest with you, incredibly uncomfortable to go from one country to another and to sure, learn. Yeah. Here's the word, right? It's assimilation. How do I assimilate and relate right size to the people around me in business, in personal relationships, as a father, as a son, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So, you know, it's, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. It's not easy. If anybody tells you it's easy, run away from them, run forest, run, pull a, pull a forest gump on them and get the hell out of there. Because I think it's, I've taught a lot of people, real estate. I've taught a lot around business development. And I always ask a question in a room and in any education environment, and that's kind of what our discussion is. It's education as well. I always say, would you agree that business development has an underlining theme or current, if you will, like an electric current of personal development? Can we all agree that if we can develop personally and really lean in and grow our own environments, that we can be better business people? And that always brings a resounding yes. So for me, I, you know, Sean, I lean into it, brother. And I rely on, on other people's experiences and then do my due diligence and then assimilate and then act. And it's always the action piece, I think, is the hard part for a lot of people, including myself. Did that I, I make agree. any sense at all? I think so. Once I Google most of it, I should be able to figure that out. Yeah, I, I think so. Did you send him the questions ahead of time? Like, I feel like he's reading a script or something. No, man, I'm, 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 in, I'm in the flow, Daddy-O. It's like, I love these kinds of conversations because let's be honest, I don't know about your backgrounds, but these kind of conversations weren't happening at my dinner table. We're not you know supposed to saying? have them. We're men. 
our solution is to hold it all in. And then 25, 50 years later, we either die of some disease that we could have prevented or we end up blowing our head off, not to be blunt, but you're supposed no, to hold it. We're, we're all pressure cookers unless you let it out. Yeah. And as entrepreneurs, we're all on an island all by ourselves. Your company is your company. My company is my company. The problem is, is our islands are so close together. We can actually shout to each other and say, yeah, Dave, I went through that. Let me tell you how I did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the way you describe it, it's almost like you're leaning into the fact that environment is difficult and it, mm -hmm. oh, you're almost welcoming it by saying, yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. I need to understand and appreciate that. And like you say, just do it. You know, what's interesting Again, I'm going to relate back to education, for example. You're going to hear it everywhere you go for, for any kind of business development training, personal development training. People always talk about, you got to get outside your comfort zone. I hate that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get outside your comfort zone. How about you kiss my ass? I'm comfortable in my little zone, right? Yeah. I think growth of any kind comes from dysfunction, dis-ease, discontent, right? My time as a firefighter, and I use this as an example, like you, we were talking about leaning into it. I realized after 16 years as a firefighter that I was in the wrong place. And what I mean by that is I wasn't a good employee. I was not good at taking orders. When a captain at a fire scene gave me an order, my instinct was to second guess it because I thought I had a better idea. And when I look, you know what I'm saying? When I look Absolutely. back, when I look back at my track record, I mean, when I, when I first came to this country, I didn't know what a W2 was, right? And at the end of the first year, I'm, I'm just 20 years old. I'm living in Wheeling by God, West Virginia. I was drinking back then. I'm sober now. I shared that with you guys earlier. But I was drinking back then. So, I, you know, it was a little chaotic 34 <laughs> years ago, whatever it was. But I get 10 W-2s in one year. And I remember my first wife looking at me and I'm like, do we frame these? Are these like certificates of completion? I mean, what is this W-2 thing? You know what I mean? She's just, she's just freaking shaking her head. And I think to myself, every J-O-B I had, even though in my core I was an entrepreneur, had a purpose. It taught me discomfort. It taught me, like, I didn't realize it at the time, Sean, and maybe, you know, come you identify with this as well. I didn't realize at the time that I was looking at good and bad employers, right? Right. Like I identified and recognized the good traits of my teachers. Like it had a, you know, it had an effect on me, whether it was a dopamine hit or whether it was, you know, yeah. just a sense of security. But then I also recognized the bullies and the assholes. And yeah. I realized, I realized as I went into entrepreneurship, you know, what that difference was, who I could trust, who I could not trust, having those moments of clarity with myself first, and then with an employee. And I think every step I took was, you know, was necessary to yeah. be in the blessed positions that we're in today. But again, dude, it ain't easy. It's right? not easy. It environment is a very, easy. very, I mean, environment that's bullying, it's peer pressure. You know, being a TV personality, and I'll even mm -hmm. say celebrity, what yeah. kind of pressure or environment? I mean, I can't imagine being an entrepreneur and looking out and seeing all these 
production people and PA and oh, it's the network and you have the sponsors. And I mean, mm-hmm. whose drum are you even listening yeah. to, let alone yeah, marching to, great, right? That's a great question. Like, how do you, how is, how is you being the entrepreneur almost stay true to yourself, not to sound corny, and still follow what your purpose and your mission is given that weighty environment. I mean, it's got to be tempting to yeah. be like, well, the network wants to do this, so we should yeah. probably. I got stories. I got stories. I have stories. I'll tell you briefly one quick one. The production company, the guy who ran the production company, he said to me one day, and this was when, you know, they always played me as the construction type entrepreneur, right? It yeah. was Big yep. Dave, the Englishman, don't get in his way, blah, 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 blah. And the, the guy who ran a production company said to me one day, he said, I need you to rip one of your, your, your contractors a new one. Just tear him up. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, just tear him up. I'm like, why? He goes, what do you mean why? I'll give you, you know, five grand to give to him afterwards. <laughs> so it was all ratings, right? Like you're talking about the pressures of the environment. It was all ratings. And I remember saying to the production guy, no. He's like, what do you mean? No. I said, what do you, what don't you, it's a really short word. And I think its definition is pretty freaking clear. The answer is fucking no, I'm not going to rip the guy a new one. I said, because here's the deal. You'll be gone one day. The TV show won't be here. I won't be cool anymore. But I still have relationships that I have built with blood, sweat, and tears and alignment and decency that I'm not going to destroy a guy on camera just to get a couple more ratings. So, you know, the persona or the perception, and it amazes me how people will watch a reality TV show and believe that it's real. It just amazes me. Exactly. They forget that the last word is show, right? Right. Even even the Trump star, right? The Trump star had a reality TV show. He did. Yes, he did. Yeah. To show people, we're supposed to sit there and go, oh, we hate Donald Trump. Oh, we love Donald Trump, right? Oh, we hate Dave. He's mean to the contractors. Oh, we love that guy. He's a great designer. It's all bullshit. It's all garbage, right? Yeah, yeah. So, look, I valued the, I want to say attention, but that's not really the word. When somebody values attention, it's like, oh, look at me. That's not what I'm saying. But there was value in the exposure. Let's use that word instead. And that's what was the only upside really in doing that TV show was, you know, if you think about it, if your goal, Sean, was to be interviewed on CNN or CNBC with all the love in the world, let's say you're a a hundred times smarter than I am, better in your business than I am. I'm the donkey who got a TV show. So they're going to put me on there over you, right? That's right. Think about it. I'm the perceived expert. So, you know, that environment of performing, I don't find it pressure filled, to be very honest with you. We all have talents and I believe they're God given, you know, whatever your version of God is something bigger and better than you. And I believe that they're God given. And I was blessed to be able to get on a microphone, to get in front of a room of 10,000 people, to be in a room with five people and to be able to relay continuity to relay connection to be able to interact and at the same time hopefully entertain a little bit right yeah yeah, and um, those skills are are valuable to the entrepreneur but again to be very careful of the imagery of you know i wasn't waving i was drowning right yeah robin williams (laughs) robin williams 
in my opinion, was one of the funniest human beings to funniest ever walk guys. the face of the earth. Yeah, like and most the generous. Speed, the generosity, the wit, the insight. Yep. And yep. yet for some reason, he was drowning, not waving. And it was okay for that neck, cheat, neck, you know, tie around the neck and, and hang on a door. Like, yeah. I understand that sometimes, like the, the yeah. deeper side and the depressive side of the entrepreneur. And here's the thing. I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, because this is one of the most powerful things I learned in sobriety. That's where I learned it. Was I am doomed for failure if I continue to compare my insides with somebody else's outsides. That's right. Oh, absolutely. What? Yeah. Think about that for a second. I, yeah. Like I'm going to interview you. What does that mean to a guy like you? Because I know we all do it, right? Comparing yeah, exactly. my inside to somebody else's outsides. Yep. You know, for me, one of the nicest compliments I've ever been given in my entire life mm. was from my 13-year-old son. And he told my ex-wife, he said, you know, you know what I really like the best about dad? He, and he swore, which is a whole other, that's for another day. He said, uh, dad doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. He yeah. literally does what he wants to do yeah. and he doesn't care what people think. Yeah. And I don't know where I got that from. God must've been running out of parts that day and gave me a little extra or something. I have no <laughs> idea. But from as long as I can remember, I just, and, and you know, people get fancy and say, well, you're full of integrity. You have purpose. Yeah, maybe, but I just don't mm. care what people think. I, I want to do what I do and I see what I want to do mm. and I go do it. And, you're going to run into nasty, mean people or overly excited people that are going to try and steer you in a certain mm. way. And I just, mm. for me, it just rubs off. It's nice when it's complimentary, but if it's me, I was just talking to somebody yesterday and they're like, you don't care if so-and-so says something nasty about you, mm. whether it comes out of their mouth or they think about it, there's nothing I can do about it. So why sure. worry about it? Right? Sure. So sure. that's kind of where I come from is you, you got to kind of stay your course and focus. This is both personally and professionally. And Kam mm. and I will tell you, Dave, we don't, acknowledge work-life balance there's no such thing it's life there's no such thing as we got to make time it's you make mm. priority you're going to mm. go to your son's soccer game or you're going to work mm. don't blame anybody else for you making that decision and that decision is up to you and that's what what you should do is follow yourself don't go to your son's soccer game because every other parent is going you might have something to do and it, it might be okay to say you know what son this had to yeah. be done it was more important in this particular instance, yeah. you got to yeah. be real. Right? You got to be real yourself. Yeah. One of the things you just, it's so good. <laughs> like I'm getting, I call them God bumps when they pop up. You know what I mean? Like those moments, are, they're not goosebumps, they're God bumps. They're moments of, of connection and clarity, right? And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about that work-life balance. Let's go back to when our boys, like we've all got boys, so we can relate to this. Let's go back to when our boys were, you know, that three, four-year-old, I'm going to start crying on this freaking podcast. Son of a bitch. <laughs> write it down, Tom. That could be a first. <laughs> Think about our three and four-year-old boys and whatever their obsession was in that moment in time. Maybe it was, you know, robots or dinosaurs or whatever it was. And I remember one of my boys and he's like, so dad, so this robot comes in, right? And he's got these really super guns on the bottom of his arm and they fire out these kind of bullets and they're blue and green and yellow. But if the blue, green, yellow ones hit you, you don't have to worry about the blue, green, yellow ones because they don't do anything bad because he's got this extra super long shield and it's just shield. And they'll go, right? And I remember I got one of those verbal diarrhea tirades from one of my boys who just wanted to have a connection with his father for that moment in time, right? 
And I didn't hear any of it because I was in my own head in a business challenge, whatever it was. It's not important today. I can't remember what it was. But here's the rubber dub dub. Here's the secret. And this is vulnerability. It's very best. I stopped that four-year-old little boy and I pulled him in just like Tiger Woods' father did to Tiger Woods when he talked to him. I pulled him in face to face. And I think it was Jefferson, my 12-year-old. And I said to him, Jeff, I owe you an apology. And he's like, why, daddy? I said, I was thinking about business. I didn't hear one word you just said about the robots. I'm very sorry. Okay. You know what he did? (laughs) He looked at me and he said, that's okay, daddy. I still love you. And it was like, for me, right? For me, I'm the worst thing ever. I, I didn't listen to my son. Just the moment, because my dad, I don't know about your parents, my old man never apologized to me until I was a man, and then he apologized to me. (laughs) So, you know, that ability, here's where it is, man. Other people's opinions of me are none of my business. That gives us freedom, right? That gives me the freedom to be vulnerable with my own kids. My boys have seen me cry. I don't do it all the time, but they've seen me cry. They understand, right? They understand when dad's not doing great. They understand when dad's on a high. They can, you know, my environment at home, I always say, I know I'm doing good if my kids don't run away from me and my wife still runs towards me, right? I know, <laughs> I know, you know what I mean? I know I'm still doing good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my moods, my environmental you know, sounding boards will tell me, they'll tell me how I'm doing, you know, they'll tell me how I'm doing. And today it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to develop answers. I mean, whether it's in business with our investors or whether it's with my kids, I I, I don't always have the answer, but that was a great question. Let me go get it. You know what I mean? That shows commitment. So good stuff, man. How we end up here. This is one of those emotional podcasts. You almost are. I saw the the redness in your eyes. He's going to start here. Like, but almost I, I can see it's it. It's good there. though. But that's the tough part. And we really appreciate the fact that you're being honest and invulnerable. Cause I think that people don't get to see the side of it. Like we're all family men here. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs, women and men who are family members. Yeah. And you hear stories like, oh my God, I'm going to be late for, for a meeting. But your family is your priority. And like they got it all wrong. And it goes back to like work-life balance. It's not work-life balance. It's this is life. And your identity going back to inner versus external. It took me a while to kind of like realize what that was. And, you know, just talking to Sean a lot, you know, we were having these side conversations all the time and I'm growing, surrounding myself with mentors and, you know, other folks like you guys, right. We're in these islands and it was really having clarity of like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be present here with my, I have have four kids. I have three daughters and, and a son and with that many kids, everyone wants your attention. It's hard enough even with one kid, plus run a business, be a husband, you know, find time for yourself, find times for your friends or your passions and all that stuff. But I remember the day that my daughter was like, oh no, no, I'm not going to bother daddy. He's on his phone. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, Hey honey, what's up? What's your question? And, um, Oh yeah, we got another one, Dave. See? That's all right. It's that kids, man. They do it every time. Oh, they do it every time. I never yep. share this with you, Sean. I just... Oh, yeah. You got it, man. Just just like Dave said, lean into it. That's all. Just lean into it. You know the magic of this moment? 
come. You're not alone, brother. That's right. <laughs> You're That's not what I'm alone. Saying, we all go through it. We all go through it. It's not unique, so, dude. We have Zoom is school during the pandemic. Yeah. We're all trying to do our meetings. My kids are in front of me upstairs. My wife and I are all trying to do it. And she wrote me this letter. And I saw the other day, actually, she put it in the drawer. She wrote me this letter. She goes, Daddy, do you have time to help me with my math? I know you're in a meeting. And I didn't see it right away. And I felt horrible that I couldn't be there for mm. her. Mm. But mm. That, that's what we're building here is, is time. We're building whatever we're trying to build is empire, whatever we're trying to build here so that we can create that time for our families and what's important. No, but. Dude, yeah. I just met you. I love you, brother. <laughs> I just met you. I love you. Yeah. I get it. I get you. I understand that. But you know, it's valid because comms no different than you, Dave, or me or anyone mm. else that's trying mm. to build. And the, mm. the environmental pressure Somehow is it, no, we're okay. We have to work 80 hours a week and my family or your family has to sacrifice. I will challenge anybody that your 80th hour of work is as productive as your second. The problem is we yeah. as men won't give ourselves permission to go talk to your daughter for five minutes. No, I, I got too much other stuff. And we have this environmentally induced fucked up priority list. The world... Mm -hmm or your company is not going to come to a screeching halt if you take mm. a half an hour and spend time with anybody. Mm. Tom and I have talked about this before. One of the most freeing things I ever did when I ran my staffing company, I used to go to the gym in the middle of the day, Dave. At 12 yeah. o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to the gym. And I don't know if it's an hour. It might be 90 minutes. And the looks I used to get from people, even my family at times, like, how can you like you're busy, you're building this company. How do you go to the gym in the middle of the day? I go to the gym, it gives me energy. I'm actually in a mm -hmm. better mood when I get back. I'm more open yeah. to it. I'm not going to be yep. a, a, an asshole to my family at seven o'clock at night because I still want to go to the gym. And we, But we all know I'm not going to the gym at 7.30 at night, right? So right. it was a way not to just make myself better, but to make the environment, my staff, my family, myself, better in that moment. And it was freeing. And to Com's experience, that's what you have to, we don't make time. It's, we all have the same amount of time. So we can't make time. We make priority. And the environment, and this is why we're talking about this today, does a hell of a job on men and women and entrepreneurs to, to force us to think a way that we might not think, but that's what the environmental pressure is. And sure. it sucks. It sucks. You, right? you know what's interesting? <laughs> maybe this will this will help i think it will because it, it it worked for me and, and we're the same guy said to me one time he said why don't you put down that two by four i said what he said the two by four i said what two by four he said the one you keep on picking up and smashing yourself over the head with <laughs> because Here's the reality, and you got me, right? Because, and look, I pick it up, I put it down, I pick it up, I put it down. Like some days are better than others, right? But that pain that you shared, I identify with that pain. But I'll just tell you this. I came on one day, I go straight into my home office, and I've got French doors going into my office. And when I'm in there, 
when the kids were smaller, you know, it was just spit and snot on the windows of the French doors, you know, just like, what's daddy doing? Always leaving on the door trying to get in. But I came home from work, I go in there and Bennett, my little guy, who's a, a small version of me, he grabs my heart and just twists it. He knocked on the door and he looked through the window and you'll get this. He said, it's sad, huh, dad? That was the opening line. It's sad, huh, dad? I go, what, Bennett? What's sad, buddy? He said, you got to go work all day and then you come home and you got to work some more. He goes, if that was school, school would suck. That's what he said to me, right? Yeah. Like, that's the identification. But watch, it's so easy for them to turn because we then go, hey, I'm sorry, I wasn't present. I love you. I'm just busy. I'm involved, blah, 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 blah. And I think a huge part of the success today, I'd love your feedback on this, is my wife, I always say she's the rock that I get to stand on so I can look cool, right? Yeah. And my wife, you know, I met her in a labor and delivery room. I was a firefighter paramedic and she was a labor and delivery nurse. And that's where we met in an L&D, right? Delivering some other woman's baby. But my wife, you know, real estate has blessed us to the point where she's been able to raise our kids and not have to leave the house to go to work. But she knows me. And something as simple as her being able to, and this is environmental again, it's my home environment, like the, the, the cues that are read inside my home. Like I'll be working in my office at home or whatever, and she'll just come in. She might drop an iced coffee down for me. I haven't asked for it. She put her arms around my neck and she'll say, I know that it's hard sometimes. She said, I just want you to know that we appreciate what you do for us. Those simple few words, I'm energized. I'm back, baby. I was oh, going it changes down. your whole perspective. Yeah. It changes everything. Changes like, everything. I take the family out to dinner. It doesn't matter whether it's McDonald's or something nicer. When we get in the car, my wife has conditioned the kids to say, hey, dad, thanks for dinner. Like, just a thank you. And then yeah. reciprocity, environmental, thank you back with my employees, with my investors, with my business partners, with Sean, we can't, thank you, man. I really yeah. appreciate an opportunity to be with you guys today, right? That kind of environmental influences create massive, massive lifelong relationships that are productive. And I'm not even talking money. They can be productive from just this podcast. I'm better already. Just in case you guys were wondering, thank you. I'm better already. <laughs> We can end right now. I can go cry in the corner, get a tissue. I'm good to go. Like, for real. I've spent thousands of dollars yeah. on therapists' couches and hours and hours and hours in, in, in sobriety meetings. We'll just leave it at that, right? So yeah. I, this is just an extension of that. And um, I have an attitude of gratitude today that, you know, I'm going to say a couple of prayers tonight for the moment that you shared. Come. I'm telling you, bro. Thank it's, you. Um, it, I'm not alone, dude. We're not no, alone. That's never happened on the show before. That's never, it just never happened. And Sean's never seen me cry. That's, I don't cry often. You know, my background, being Asian, the culture, never seen my parents cry. They never said, I love you. Like, that's what I grew up with. Yeah. So it's yeah. really hard for yeah. me to kind of share that emotions. But I think being in this community with, you know, other fellow entrepreneurs and stuff, I think it brings a different vulnerability that we all need. It's connection. 
See, human beings, right? Homo sapien. I don't care whether you're Asian, African-American, whether you've been cursed to be Irish, or whether you're... Uh, <laughs> Make sure you're paying attention. Uh, or whether you're... <laughs> the Irish don't cry. They just drink. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we crave and need connectivity. My tribe, you know, as soon as we were able to cross the tundra and then get in cars and then get in airplanes, you know, the tribe has changed. You know, our tribe used to be our ethnic tribes, but today our tribe is seeking like-minded people. You know, this conversation we've had did not and would not happen in the firehouse. Okay. Right. Just didn't happen. Right. It's a different, right. It was a different quality of conversation. Quality, not right or wrong, not better or worse. It's not a moral dialogue. It's a connective dialogue. You know, it's that commonality, the five people we hang around with the most we become a common denominator of that environment and those influences. Yeah. So when I receive vulnerability, and this sounds so bizarre, but receive vulnerability from another man, I'm like, I'm okay. Because yeah. here's something I learned, and I'd like your, if you got input on it, great. I had a guy say to me one time, it, it's three o'clock in the morning in the heart of an alcoholic is what he said to me. And what he meant by that was, is that it's usually three o'clock in the morning, whatever wakes us up, right? Whether it's fear, doubt, insecurity, you know, the unknown, did I do the right thing, past and future, never present. He said, set an alarm clock for three o'clock in the morning, get up and spend 10 or 15 minutes looking in the mirror. You don't have to turn all the lights on, just a low light, just look in the mirror. And listen to the dialogue, he said, because yeah. that's when truth comes out, when there's no other influences, there's no other environmental changes, it's yeah. just you with you. And he said to me, David, he said, to thine own self be true, right? Just be true, true to yourself. But keep it up with the Joneses, other people's opinions, all of those topics we've covered. Even my kids can, right? I cannot be a good father to my kids if I'm not taking care of me first. Right. I used to say to my wife, you take care of you. That takes care of me. Now I can take care of us. Yeah. I'm not responsible for anybody else. My wife, right? Their feelings. Are you okay? I can't give a shit. Tell me if you're not okay. I'm not responsible right. for you. That's right? right. And when I took responsibility for myself, all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the successes and the failures, right? then I could bring something of authenticity into the marketplace and into my relationships. And it's not every minute of every day. I fail consistently as I know you guys do, right? Human beings once again. So absolutely, I, I, I just love the conversation, brother. I do. Well, you know, it's interesting because Tom and I have talked about this before. We grow up. I mean, Dave, you and I are about the same age. I'm 53. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. Every other word out of my parents' mouth was, don't be selfish. Like, you can't be selfish. Then you get to a point in your life where like, you know what? If I'm not being selfish and I'm not taking care of me, who the hell's going to? If I'm not okay, yeah. my business isn't okay. My team isn't okay. My family yeah. isn't. My kids aren't. So you have to be selfish. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting yeah. somebody, you have to put your mask on first. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to drown trying to get it on your kids. You have to be selfish. 
go to the gym in the middle of the day or get up at three o'clock in the morning and reflect on yourself a little bit. Take that time because nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. You have to yeah, do it for, for sure. yourself. Did you hear this one? Stop blowing your own trumpet. Stop bragging. Stop showing off. Right. And, and I, I got to a point. I have entertainment background and all kinds of craziness for another day. But it was like I got to a point where I thought to myself one day, well, if I don't talk about the good things I've done, who, who will? If I don't have any self-pride, right? If I don't have any, because if I don't talk about my achievements, then I got nothing to share with my fellow man, right? Because this is good. Tell me what you think of this. I just had an epiphany, a little moment. My brain just went. Boop, boop, boop. It's almost like the entrepreneur gets the dopamine hit and the excitement over sharing achievements, whereas the wantrepreneur, right, the, the wannabe entrepreneur, they'll always go to the dark side, right? It's easier to talk shit than it is to talk growth. Absolutely. It's to go. Does that make sense? It's Absolutely. Like, I think that's what that's one of the differences right there is. Like we celebrate each other's successes. Yeah, we've got the competitive edge. I want to do what they're doing. If it's bigger and better than what I'm doing, I think that's part yeah. of our DNA and makeup. Yeah. But being able to verbalize that and then it's attraction almost rather than promotion, right? This phone call has been based on attraction because of that one phone call we did after talking on LinkedIn like it was yeah. over. I know that you and I are going to be friends for a long time. And now you bring this guy in, right? We got the crazy exactly. Asian guy. It's over. It's over, yeah. baby. <laughs> right. That's you why they saying? always throw like the crazy Asian, like, you know, hangover. They throw him in the trunk. He's in, like, we're, we're in all these random movies where the, where the key piece to everything. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's really funny? You got to send me this recording ASAP because I have, I think it's 3.30 today. I have a phone call with a very high up lady in a production company who wants to bring a new show um, out, reality TV. I don't know what it is. I don't know what her goals are. It's kind of interesting how the stars align because this phone call, this Zoom call, this podcast we've done, I don't know if you cats realize it. I think you do. You're smart enough. It's a freaking reality TV show right here, right? Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. it goes, and then I don't know where it goes from there, but it's exactly. like- you know, I know that this is entertaining. It's real. It's raw. It's entertaining. Whatever it could be or should be, I don't know. But it's yeah. kind of, I just get a kick out of out of how things align. Crazy Asian in the trunk, an Irishman and a big Englishman. You know, it's the <laughs> opening lights. Did you hear the one about the Asian, the Irishman, and the Englishman walk into a reality TV show? Did you hear? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Backing up a little bit, not much, but like about that self-promotion and i say yeah. this to my wife all the time she doesn't even like being on camera when i take pictures family photos and videos she doesn't want to be in it she just likes she's she's very yeah. uh likes to be she's an introvert right and it finally clicks for her professionally and i think it's just people too in general is like it's okay to promote and and talk about because if you don't who's going to do it for you and you said that already earlier and it's so important as entrepreneurs mm. starting out or just constantly growing like you have to you do it the right way you do it authentically right and you're, you're providing yeah. value when you're doing it you're not like being obnoxious about it but it's so true like if you don't do the action and activity like right now social media is the biggest platform you know, as an entrepreneur and you're connecting sure. with people that's how you met sean on linkedin yeah. as a yeah. professional like linkedin is the number one i'd say to go to then you have other ones but you gotta put yourself out there and if you don't no one's gonna know 
who you are. And then we would never had a chance to meet you. Yeah, for sure. You know, exactly. what's interesting was I posted, posted, I've done a lot of posting, but I did a podcast. It was more driven around, you know, the TV show. How did you get the show? Blah, blah, blah. Like that common story that a lot of people will ask on podcasts. But um, one of our investors, Sean, came in and I don't get to talk to all of our investors. I try and touch gloves with them just to make sure there's a good feel for what they're trying to achieve and what we do in our business. Yeah. But it was so cool. The guy said to me, you know why I'm giving you 200 grand or whatever it was? I said, no, Tom, I, hopefully you like our offering, our pro formers. You know what I mean? Like I'm going down the business route. He goes, no, yeah. he said, fuck all that is basically what he said. He said, forget all of that. He said, you know why I'm, I'm giving you money? He said, because you told the truth. You weren't salesy. He said, I identify with your construction background. He said, I loved it when you said you're a blue collar guy in a white collar world. Yeah. He said, I'm in your corner. He said, go get all those. <laughs> we talked about this, right? The financial yeah. world, yeah. Like the ego and the swinging, you know, what? Should, in, in oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like vulnerability is a powerful, powerful tool. It's not a negativity anymore, right? It's a positive trait. You know, we don't go too far with it, right? We don't like, oh, I feel vulnerable today. I'm going to stay in bed. <laughs> we're not talking about that, but we're talking about, you know, to your point, Carm, it's authenticity, right? It's being authentic. It's not knowing the answers to everything. And, you know, this guy just said to me, he goes, dude, I identified with you. I'm excited to put some money with you. I got the same thing. I sat at Legal Seafoods here in uh, Burlington, I think we were, and I met with a local business owner out of Medford or somewhere around there. And he strokes a check for 300 grand after a half hour meeting at the, at the dinner table. And I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down. He goes, no, I listened to you on your radio show. I heard you on a couple of podcasts. He said, yep. I'm like you. Yep. And I think what it is, is there's a, a, it's not generation, but there's a new flavor, if you will, in the marketplace where it's okay to not, you know, always have the tie all the way up, choking you out and everything that that represents. You know what I mean? Like right. the, right. the three-piece suit and that business mantra. It's yeah. like, we're all human beings behind it, you know, and people identify that. Look, man, it's old school, but people want to do business with people they like. I don't like a lot of people. I'm going to be honest with you. My wife says to me all the time, you don't like people. She said, you're out there in the people world all day long. I said, yeah. no, I don't. I don't generally love everybody. I yeah. said, but um, when I do find people that I align with, you know, like this call, it's on like Donkey Kong. What do you need? I got it. You can it's have it. All, you know I mean? It's all about connections and energy. And, you know, mm. that's how I do business. You can give me the best pitch deck in the world and the strongest right. financials. But if, if you and I aren't right. vibing on a somewhat personal, I mean, you and I just connected on LinkedIn. You're like, hey, brother, good to see somebody local. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, yeah. now we're here. Yeah. And that was two weeks ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like and you know what was funny? You started talking, right? And I said, well, tell me a little bit about, you know, your business structure, how you like to do stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I think there were three or four, they were just key words for me, right? Yeah. And it was like, I think I turned around, I said, I said, hey, Sean, you have me at hello. I'm buying dinner. Let's go, baby, go. You know what I mean? And it yeah, was exactly. like being able to receive that kind of humor, give that kind of humor back, right? Is a critical piece. Listen, here's, here's how I look at it. And I mean this with all the honesty that I can bring to this conversation. In true frankness, if we never do one ounce of business together, it's all good. 
I found great. my guys, right? Yeah, exactly. That's so hard. It's so yeah. hard to find my guys. Yeah. And when you find them, you, you love on it, right? You bring yep. it value, whatever that may be. If it's a dollar, great. If it's not a dollar, that's okay too. Right. You know, exactly. it's um, hanging with the kids or a cookout on a weekend, whatever the, you know what I mean? So I'm yeah, with exactly. you, I'm with you. Good they stuff. come too few and far between. And when you get a connection, we're almost wired to ignore it. You know, we're almost pre-wired yeah, to, I'm being sold to, this isn't genuine, you know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, if you allow yeah. yourself to receive energy or vibration, don't even get me going on that stuff, but then you're open to having a conversation like you and I had a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. that was, yeah, it was just you and I being you and I, I mean, I, I'd mm. never met you before mm. and you know, I'd seen the mm. show a couple of times, but yeah, as you point out, that's yeah. not you. And you just right. connect and you never know, you know, no expectation means great results. That's the way I look at it, you know? And so you just opened a little door and you think you're going to close <laughs> it. It ain't going to happen. Vibrational. <laughs> nice try, brother. Well played. No. So come on. What, what, I, want, I want your take on your vibrational concepts. Share. Well, you know, we've said the phrase, since, at least for me, since I was a kid, you always say, I didn't get a good vibe. I, I think that was yeah. just weird but we are all energy sources and we vibrated a certain way and when we are vibrating on the same level that's mm -hmm. how we mesh you, you ever you ever have a, a friend that the guys do this a lot where you're in touch for a long period of time and then all of a sudden not only do you lose touch but when you say oh i gotta call dave and then you end up not doing it because it it, it feels like it's friction it's like a pain in the ass nothing ever happened yeah. it wasn't like a fight or anything it's yeah. just not there anymore. That's yeah. it. You've elevated your vibration, your energy, and that person yeah. has it. It's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. Yeah. It's just in yeah. that particular vibration. Like you, you go through that in relationships. You'll have, you know, we call it ups and downs. But you go through periods in your marriage, I'm sure, where you're just not, whatever it is, it just sure. feels a little too hard. And in our sure. culture, we're wired to kind of, okay, well, that's it. We got to give up. But no, it's just a change in energy where you just got to yeah, realign yeah. a little bit to get back yeah. to that vibe again. I'll give you a great example. I went to, with my girlfriend to St. Thomas and there was one bar that was open late. Okay, well, I'm Irish, so that's the option. So we went into it. And the moment I walked in there, I'm like, ooh, this place, I'm not getting a warm and fuzzy about mm -hmm. this place. Mm -hmm. they, they, one night they were picking on the bartender. Everybody was loaded. There was a fight one night. We're at the Ritz-Carlton in St. Thomas. It's not like the Black Rose in downtown Boston. What are we doing, right? So I kept telling my girlfriend, I'm like, this is just a week. Every time I go in here, I just feel this weight on me. It's just this odd energy. And as soon as I left, I was happy as a clam. And we ended up stopping, you know, we'd stopped going there because it just wasn't, it was just this odd bad taste and that's what it is it's that energy saying you're throwing off something that you're not receiving that's why we'll do this and i guess another podcast we'll do down the road but we'll talk about connections and how what got you and i connected on linkedin mm. isn't anything related to salesmanship or you know pitching one another it was right. a connection right. that we felt as we connected and then when we had a conversation depending on who you ask, it got worse or got better, right? We, we grew, we grew from that. And you that's, know, where, you that's know, how it starts. You know, what's, you know what's interesting? And I'm, I'm going to see if you can pick up on it. There's no right or wrong. But 
in your LinkedIn, I don't think it was even the bio. It's like when you put in your first couple of headings, fund manager, but then there were two words right after fund manager. That's what attracted me, first of all. And the two words were motivational speaker, I think is what it says on there. (laughs) Or public speaker, something like that. Yeah. That says something about Sean before I even met him. Now, it can either say he's an egotistical asshole, right? And I might have got that on the phone call. Or what it said is exactly where we are right now. My guys, that's what it was, right? That's what it was. Because people will say to me, Dave, you're a great motivational speaker. Well, motivation is nothing if it's not implementation, right? So don't ever, if, you know, if the people listen to us, you know, like actionables, it's the old story of don't judge books by covers, read the heading on the book, and then do a little research, right? Engage if it's right to do so. I'm just going to, I'm going to share a little something with you. I got married in St. Thomas. Mary Beth and I got married in Red Hook in St. Thomas. I love Red Hook. I stayed at the Ritz Carlton in St. Thomas on my 10 year wedding anniversary. So yeah, that's it right there, man. Exactly. That's it right there. That's interesting. That's the vibrations. That's the vibrations. So (laughs) your girlfriend and you and I and my wife are going back to St. T and I'll show you some bars where you won't get that nasty feeling. And don't worry about it. My <laughs> wife loves to drink, so she can keep up with you guys, and you got a designated driver. How you sweet is that? I love it. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead, man. Oh, I'm literally looking at vacations in St. Thomas, and we've been looking at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, <laughs> do it. It's great. It's yeah. great. I was staying there, and I was lucky enough to get the, I think it was actually the presidential suite, and I'm not saying that for ego. I think I got it at a discount, or it was because I was on the show, yeah. and they knew me. And I was doing a webinar from the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton in St. Thomas, right? And my wife didn't realize I was doing a webinar. And during the webinar, I was talking about how Mary Beth was my very first, what I called private investor, because she put my education and training, my seminar training as a real estate guy on her credit cards, because mine were all maxed out, right? So I always say she was my first private investor. Well, you got to picture it, the environment I'm sitting in, I'm doing this webinar to some wealth creation group on the computer. And right as I'm saying that line, she was my first private investor. She didn't know. She walks behind me on the camera. She walks behind me in a little bikini with a glass of red wine and a floppy hat. (laughs) She She walks behind me like this, right? She looks back like this. And I turn around to the camera without skipping a beat, Sean. I said, do you think she appreciated her investment? <laughs> pretty good today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Saint, Saint, Saint T is our happy place. Red Hook. Happy place. If you're going to go, go find somewhere over in Red Hook. Come. It's really nice over there, bro. Thank it's you. Nice Tom. part of town. <laughs> Not the rough parts that he was hanging out in with switchblades <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Saint Thomas gets to be a hood after dark. It gets to be. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Can you believe it or not, gents? We're at the top of the hour. Wow. Blue by, right? Flew. That flow. So you think should should we invite him back, Sean? Like is he worthy to come back? Oh, I definitely <laughs> think we should have a yeah. I mean I mean he said floppy hat and red wine. So we might have to do like a live shot from some island somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> <island>. <laughs> The vulnerable, the vulnerable entrepreneur on the road. 
that that actually is a real conversation sean and i has has have we are looking to to take it on the road and like pop in at different places i've got i got a list of guys and girls (laughs) we could fill that thing in a heartbeat really good good interviews i'm in i'm in here we go here we go all right. Do you have the private jet though? I'm not going jet blue anymore. Those guys can't, can't fly off. <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently they just stopped flying. Oh well, not today. Okay. Well, we'll go Whatever. Whoops. We'll go tomorrow. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love for an opportunity to come back, fellas. Whatever it takes, man. Just a great conversation. Well, yeah, I definitely I think, think this one that. is called My Guys. That's the name of this show. My guys. I mean <laughs> my guys. <laughs> It was a great conversation. Yeah. We had some great connections. And speaking for myself, I learned a lot today. I learned a lot about Dave. And I got to be honest with you, we've been doing this this is season four, and I just learned the conversation today. So I've actually learned a lot of good tidbits. You mm. know, I didn't realize. That's mm. great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome, fellas. I'm here. I can't wait to have lunch. When was it? Next week we're going. Thirteenth. Well, I don't know. You keep you keep picking these like fake dates. You're like Thursday the eleventh. No, wait. I meant Wednesday the twelfth. Oh, it's actually Wednesday. What are you bad at math or something? What's going? on? (laughs) You know what that means? That means that means I need a personal assistant who knows what the hell she's doing. Honey. (laughs) No, I think we're down for Wednesday, and and I'm on your show Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, it's in the calendar, so we got it covered. Thank God, yeah. Awesome. All right, Dave, if if people want to reach out to you, you know, just to connect and stuff, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm old school. I actually got a phone number, 781-922-4418. What's that? Oh, man, that's going to be It's actually a rotary. (laughs) It's a rotary phone. (laughs) Well, you're going to wait for the nine to come around. You could be there for a while, right? (laughs) So you could call that number. You can get a hold of me that way. Just say that, you know, you, you heard us on the, the Vulnerable Entrepreneur podcast. Google my name, GTS. Google that shit. Dave Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R, Freedom Venture Investments. You'll find us there. If you want to find us, you can find us. We're not hiding in a corner anywhere. I'll talk to anybody as, uh, as long as everybody's bringing value to the table. You know what I mean? Likewise. Yeah, we'll have you on next time. I think we should um, all get a Lego set and start putting it together during the, the podcast. And we'll see you finish this for us because we're entrepreneurs. We're going to be competitive. And let's have at it. You don't stand a chance, either of you. <laughs> I, I don't even think we were recording when we were talking about Lego. So people are probably like, what, what, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> All the more reason to Good. stay tuned, Tom. All the That's more right. reason stay to stay tuned. tuned. Yes. Awesome. Bu- building that story and plot. Till next time. There you go. All right, bom, gents. Bom. Thanks, man. Great, great episode. And uh, until next time. Cheers. Take care. Thanks, Dave. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast. The VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com, and email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.